the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Selliman. Welcome to Iron Real Estate. And I'm here with my co-host, um, Stephen Ebert, a partner of the prestigious firm, Kasson & Kasson, who's located all over the country. Um, today at 11 o'clock, we will be joined by Henry Grabar, staff writer at Slate, who writes about housing, transportation, and urban policy, and the author of a new book, Paved Paradise, to discuss the impact parking has on real estate, and that really does. At 11.30, we'll be joined by TV's personality and entrepreneur from the Hamptons, Zach Adam. Zach will discuss the latest news taking place in the Hamptons. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Donnie. I hope you're having a good week. And well, we sounds like some good, gr- good. I haven't had a good week, but I just want to tell everybody we have a great show for you today. I'll tell you about my week in a second. We're going to be talking about inflation, uh, how nobody's moving, uh, how there's no inventory because nobody really can move with higher interest rates, and a little about immigration, what's going on there. But as far as my week goes, Stephen, it was the week of hell. I I'm sorry, went through that, but but uh, you know I will say I want to touch on one thing for for your speaker Leite talking about parking and real estate. That is a huge issue, and I do want to um, make a, a call out uh, in, in memory of a lion in the real estate industry, Sam Zell, uh, who oh. passed away this week. Yeah. He was a self-made real estate billionaire, and a big part of of that was parking along with the buildings. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know him, he's definitely someone to look up and learn about. Right. And you won't want to miss uh, Henry because does parking has such an impact on real estate. So we try to tell you everything that does. And the topics we're going to talk about really do have um, have really impacted real estate and I think are impacting them um, negatively at the moment. Uh I will tell you about my, my week of hell. I just have to tell somebody. So I came back from Florida to a um, an apartment that the ceilings caved in, and, and the man upstairs had a, a, a left his tub on. And because I wasn't there, he didn't realize that the water, or nobody realized, the water went into my, you know, into the floors and into my ceilings and my whole ceiling collapsed and um, my whole bedroom was just kind of wiped out so I'm now living in a hotel 
Well, so, sorry going through that. That is, you know, very, very well, difficult. But and, it'll and, get and through. And, 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 you know, it's, you know, it's again, I know we've talked about it on the show, having insurance is critical, but not only having insurance, understanding your policy, you don't want to learn when you have a disaster like you just went through, Dottie, what's covered and what's not covered and how it all works, uh, because that could be a very expensive lesson. So really, not only get a reputable company, but make sure you have an agent that you can speak to to actually understand your policy. You know, what does it mean to have full replacement cost or just the value of something? Or what does it mean to have lodging paid for? Um, and how much is that costing? Because that can add up really fast. Um, and meals and so forth. So um, I hope yeah. you get through it quickly and with the least Thank amount of pain. You. Well, they just started the work. It's like a week and a half. Okay, that's another thing. But that's another show, and we definitely will really dwell into insurance because, you know, if you have homeowner's insurance, that's great because you definitely have to have it. But on top of that, you better read your policy and know what it covers because yes. you never think things like this are going to happen, but they do. And, you know, I, I fortunately have a good policy and I'm pretty covered, but, you know, I – you know, not everyone does, so you want to really do that. But we'll have a show on that one week on really what you should look for, the most important things in insurance. But with that, I don't know where to begin because so much is going on, Stephen. Um, you know, now, inflation, okay, it, it, it fell slightly in April, okay, and um, it's down, but it's still high. And... Hey. It was an interesting article that I read, and it said, well, so the, the good news about the inflation that it eases and that it eased a little bit, and the good news about it easing, even though it's still high, is that it keeps the Fed's pause in play, meaning in June, I, I think it's June, they're having a meeting about raising interest rates, and if they feel that inflation is, is slightly going down, they probably won't raise them. I'm hoping they don't raise them in June. But it looks uh, like you know, Daddy, I, I hope not. I mean, one of my concerns is when they, you know, it's all how they frame the statistics. I mean, if you're driving on a highway and the speed limit's 55 and you're going 90, but then you drop down to 80, you're still speeding, right? And I think just for audience to know that even though the rate of inflation is going down, it, there's still inflation and it's still high, right? So it's pointing in the right direction, and then the question is, will, will it get there? Um, and the other question with that is how they get there. And you know, you know, my hope is that the um, the Fed stops the raises. They've sent a signal earlier with the last raise that this would hopefully be the last one. Um, but I'll tell you, it has a real impact on the financial markets, not just with the bank crisis that we've had with Silicon Valley Bank with Signature Bank, First Republic Bank, because they were in part the reason that they had the issues that they had were because of the massive and quick uh, rate increases. Um, right. But also it has an impact uh, on the commercial mortgage-backed securities market, which leads to commercial lending. Oh, and that's bad. I, I mean, mean, just I was reading a whole you... story on that. They're not – I was just reading a whole story on that about – commercial and that the lenders are really not, you know, lending. 
It is a real issue, Dot. I mean, just to let people get a sense of the the sense of the numbers. Now, keep in mind what I'm about to talk about is the issuance of commercial mortgage-backed securities. Now, people might say, what does that have to do with giving a loan, right? If I own commercial real estate, I go to my banker and they give me a loan. Well, what commercial mortgage-backed securities do, or CMBS, this is what we call the secondary market. It gives bank liquidity, gives them money bank, monies back so they can lend to the next party. And if that market freezes up too much, the cost of borrowing goes up for property owners and the availability of loans and loan product decrease. Now, Dottie, just to put it out there so people could get a sense of how much that market has gone down, and I do admit that CMBS does go a little roller coaster. It does jump up and down. But in 2021, there was about $265 billion worth of CMBS loans issued in 2021. In the first quarter of 2023, it was about $4 billion only. Wow. So we're talking about a rate that of, of CMBS issuance that's about down 90%, the amount of issuance. Now, I do think that will start to come back up later this year, but it's a significant drop. Um, and, and people need to understand that if commercial property owners don't have the variety of lending products, their costs go up along with other costs that we've talked about. What if taxes go up and insurance go up or a lot of these green initiative laws and they have to upgrade physical plant? So it's a very, very, um, you know, concerning time for some of these property owners. But there's also an opportunity too, Dottie, right, for those with liquidity and understanding the market. It's a very, very interesting time and something to watch. Well, you know, for every, you know, bad thing that's happened, there's always opportunities that you can find for people that, well, what do they say? Cash is king. If you have money... You know, there's a lot of opportunities, you know, in the real estate market and in the commercial real estate market. But, you know, apparently, uh, obviously, we have a problem with the, uh, uh, you know, with the problem with office space. And it looks like, and I was reading articles and articles, and it says that even though they're trying to get people, you know, New York has really tried to get people to come back five days a week. They're not. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's look, this is about reimagining a little bit of how people work. Yeah. And and, and companies are trying to figure it out. And, and, and Dottie, you're absolutely right when you started. There's a whole lot of news going on right now, which drives us. The debt ceiling, migrants, technology, inflation, all these forces are pushing. Um, Personally, I think. It's a work in progress. I think it's going to get there. I have more and more conversations with people about being back in the office, but the schedule is different. You know, the days of Monday, Friday, 9 to 5 in the office um, have have changed. I don't want to say they're dead because it depends on the industry, but it sure has changed. No, but I, I, um, excuse me, I'm coming down. I read for sure that Friday, the amount of people in the office is zero, okay? And I know some of the big companies are like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 
or four days a week, but they said that Friday virtually there's zero people in the offices. And although they're trying to get people to come back full-time, the people are dictating it and they're not coming back. They just got used to it. And so, yes, there'll be some version of it, um, and again, depending on the industry, but it doesn't look like it's ever going to go back to five days. Um, I know Morgan Stanley and some of the big companies. I know some companies that are not, the people aren't coming in at all still. So, it, you well, know, this pandemic, you know, had a lot, really caused a lot of people to change. I mean, look at shopping and look at retail. I mean, when I heard Bed Bath and, and Bed and Bath went down and uh, oh, another big one went down, so I can't remember. Um, it's because nobody, they're not going into stores anymore. People well, I think shot. the model, yeah, I think the model for for a store, I mean, it depends. But what's interesting, and, and I, I was a big fan of Bed Bath & Beyond, bought a lot of things over there um, over the years, is that they need to figure out what kind of store they want to be. Do they want to have the lowest price, or do they want to have service and quality? And there's room for both types. And, you know, that is, you know, we do a whole different type of, of real estate transactions. And I'm working on right now, this is a retail lease, and we still have plenty of new retail leases and tenants coming in. And what makes their model work is it's a very much in-person service approach. And, you know, what happens is if, if you change the customer experience, and if it's one where oh, you can buy it online, it's interchangeable, the service, the knowledge of the associate, um, getting the right kind of product, and it's all about price, you're one kind of store. And, but, if you, but if you have things that are unique, you explain a story, have a brand, there's still a lot of space for that. And what's interesting, Dottie, and I know we've both talked about this before in prior shows, is when you average the statistics, you get a blah number, right? You get warm soup, Right, not hot soup. You get warm right. soup, right? And what, what what I'm finding is that the right kind of stores, the right kind of neighborhoods, are doing very well. But it's the warm, bland soup that's neither best price nor service nor unique. They're the ones that are sort of trapped in this middle, where yeah, they don't well, know I which direction you, to go. Well, that you make a good point. I. You know, I used to always go to Bed Bath & Beyond, and I had recently, before they closed, I had stopped into one of their stores, and there was absolutely no help, none. So if there's not going to be any service and there's going to be no help, you might as well just do it online. Well, that's, exact, that's exactly it. And, and, and I think this gets to the point is people have to, when they're looking at their business, and this ties in with the real estate, is what is the value proposition, what's their business model for success, and then you have your real estate be in alignment with the business model. And, Dottie, we're seeing that, right? Look, you know, people might say, oh, office is not doing well. Look at one Vanderbilt Tower. Beautiful tower, high-end project right next to Grand Central. They're charging very high rents. They're doing very, very well. But yet you go a couple of blocks away for a nondescript building, they're going to have issues as their tenancies turn over. And you could say, oh, just average out those statistics and look at the neighborhood, but that will get you to the wrong conclusion. You have to have your real estate align with your business proposition. 
and the businesses who understand that and the landlords who understand how to position their property to align with the business motivations of their tenants will be the the winners. Yes, I think you're absolutely on the money, but I also think that what happens is with the pandemic, it changed how people live, it changed how they want to live, it changed a lot of things. And so in a time of such uncertainties where, you know, it's not that we have a track record of a pandemic, so it just happened, people changed from it, and I don't think everyone really figured out yet which how it's going to end up. So, you know, I think stores are confused. You know, first nobody was going in the stores, so of course they didn't have to, they laid off help. <laughs> but then if you're nobody's in your store and there's no service, then why go in the store? So, I, you know, I think it's just a difficult time for businesses, uh, not because people aren't buying, but because they're just not, I think it's kind of, they're just not sure. And as you said, you have to figure out a business plan and stick to it and not try to be everything to everybody. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I think exactly right. And look, the cost of doing business has gone up. And I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's an important point to mention, right? You know, having these interest rates go up have a real meaning, right? If you oh, think good. about it, business need capital to deal with liquidity, to deal with inventory finance, right? And, and these are short-term rates. So that can be the margin. And when you increase the rates, you're, you're increasing the cost of businesses to maintain inventory. And so businesses will have to make a decision. Do I cut my inventory? And so people go into the store and say, eh, shelves look kind of empty. Or they got to pay more to have inventory sit to keep the customers but then they got to raise prices or their margins get hit. It's a very, very tricky dance uh, that's going on. I know. Uh, but I think, Dottie, you know, with this, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk more about the whole debt ceiling negotiation going on in Washington. Oh, that says clearly, and I want to get into that. I just want to just alert everybody that um, I don't think they drastically fell, but home prices in the first quarter of this year fell in nearly one-third of all the cities. Um, and they, they, you know, they fell more in more parts of the U.S. than they have in over a decade during the first quarter, with when nearly a third of metro areas posted annual price declines. Then that's from the National Realtors. And during the peak of the housing boom, prices surged in practically every place in the United States. Now the housing market is split down the middle of the country, with prices still rising in many parts of the Midwest. Um, south and northeast while sliding in the western states. Um, They were the hardest hit markets, um, were concentrated in California and uh, San Francisco, which are down 14.5%. That's a lot. Home sales have fallen nationwide over the past year, obviously because of higher mortgage rates have weighed on home buying demand and the supply has been limited. And the supply has been limited because people really can't move because if you if you got a three percent or you know three and a half whatever it was two years ago mortgage uh how nobody's selling because you know many americans want to move but they're trapped okay because they're reluctant because they have a 
I know. Yeah. We'll but I think, I think we, that's a great topic to, to talk about after the break. More about okay, We'll be right back. We're talking about why nobody's telling. When a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty, who is there for them or the families left behind? Who's helping our homeless veterans and our nation to never forget 9-11? The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs are comprised of its gold star, fallen first responders, smart home, and veteran homelessness programs, all of which are dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engages people in 9-11 remembrance across America. And our Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation to keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our America's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. It's T, the number two, T.org. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. If you're a local business and want to see what Salem Surround can do for you, Google Salem Surround New York. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're looking outside of big corporate control. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something worth watching. The new Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. SNC is home to Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Watch anytime on any screen, free 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. AM 970, The Answer is bringing Dr. Lederman's expertise in alternative cancer treatments to prime time every Monday night at 7. Dr. Lederman is triple board certified in radiation oncology, medical oncology, and internal medicine, and is the first physician to perform non-invasive body radiosurgery in the Western Hemisphere, treating thousands of patients covering nearly every size, site, and type of cancer, large and small, primary and metastatic. Listen to Dr. Lederman Monday night at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. Charlie Kirk here. It is critical we keep AM radio in all cars and all trucks. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for news, weather, and opinions. AM is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping you advised of threatening weather conditions and amber alerts. Text AM to number 52886. Tell Congress that we need AM radio in our cars. Again, text AM to the number 52886. Standard message and data rates may apply. Hemp Leaf products are the next big thing in skin and body care. From head to toe, they have you covered. Our formulas have been handed down through generations of herbalists and have now been made available to the general public. The remarkable neuropathy cream, Helixer, has brought pain relief to millions within minutes of application. The whipped body butters and creams will leave your skin feeling soft, silky, and hydrated, giving your skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their body washes, shampoos, and soaps are the perfect solution to help keep your body free of germs, fungus, and bacteria that we encounter every day. All of these natural botanical products are manufactured in their Long Island, New York facility. All products are vegan-friendly and cruelty-free. Remember, we don't put anything on your body that you would 
not put in it. Visit us at www.hemplief.com, www.hemplief.com. Enter the word Arthur at checkout and get 10% off. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in iHeart or odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and before the break, Stephen and I were talking about uh, a quandary for home buyers. Nobody's selling, and there was a great article in the Wall Street Journal, I think, on May 11th, and it says many Americans who want to move are trapped in their homes, locked in by low interest rates, and can't afford to give it up. These golden handcuffs are keeping the supply of homes for sale unusually low, and making the market more competitive and pricey. So uh, because they're not selling, because they can't uh, afford the new interest rates, they've gone up so much, there's a low supply. And, of course, when there's a low supply and there's more buyers than there are sellers, that keeps the prices high. So not only that there's no nothing on the market to speak of, the prices are, are pretty high. And... Um, if you're, you know, a lot of people are locked in at fixed mortgage rates, thirty-year mortgages at three and, a, and a, like three and a half percent, and and they don't want to give that up. I don't blame them. And if you know, if you if you go about three percent higher, you could be paying about eleven hundred dollars more a month. So, uh, at on, yeah. as of March thirty-first, nearly two-thirds of primary mortgages had an interest rate below four percent. Okay, and now they're up to six point three nine. So that's a big factor that why we have half the listings. And in April, there were about half as many homes for sale as in April of two thousand nineteen. Then, then okay, and the number of homes newly listed on the market in April fell about twenty-one percent from a year earlier. So it's it's tough out there, and as I said, if you're really looking for a house, um, you've really got to really be out there. A healthy housing market has between four and six months of a supply. At current sales rate, economists say that the existing house market, which makes up most of the housing market, hit a record low of 1.6 months of supply. That's it. And that's very low. And this problem got really worse in 2020 when the record low mortgage rates and a pandemic-driven increase in remote work prompted buyers to rush into the market. Of course, they were buying all over, and the sale that we had a big sales boom, and um, and they got a low interest rate. So now, I mean, if you're looking at moving, and a lot of people have to move, maybe they bought the wrong house, maybe they rushed. There wasn't a lot of inventory then. You know, they they raise the rates. It's like double. Daddy, you know, it, it's it's a great point, and I think it shows that there's a multifaceted situation. It's a combination of rates, product, construction, also where are rents going in the rental market, huh. and also where are people looking? You know, have people changed where they're looking? Have some of the second home markets maybe become more primary residence markets if they're not commuting as many days a week, they can add some distance there. So I, I think what's happening is 
we're, we're seeing um, a, a, re, a reset a little bit of the housing market in a few different ways. And, and look, we're, we're speaking generally, and right. real estate is the most local thing, and movements and trends that you see in certain sections of the country, cities, and suburban markets can have a very, very different story um, in, in other areas. So those are all you know, important factors. But I mean, the basic point is right. Why should I downsize if I have to take out a mortgage and my payment's going to be the same for a smaller house because the rates have gone up? People are, are, are smart. They're not going to do that. Well, you know, so you have people that are older that really want to downsize. They don't need this big house, and it's going to cost them more to buy a small house. And then you have people that bought a house, and now their family's grown, and they need a bigger house. And the uh, the interest rate makes it almost impossible. Plus, because there's no inventory, it kept prices at a high. So, you know, even this. though... Even though they've yeah. come down a bit, as I just read in an article, they're not really, you know, it's not any big deal. It, it didn't come the other down thing like we're, they're not stealing anything. Yeah, and the other thing people need to be very mindful of is innovation and technology, right? And, and think about it this way. I'll give a, 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 a simple one in the suburbs, right? Oil tanks, right? If you turn back the clock to the 1950s, yeah, sure, no problem. Put an oil tank in the ground. No problem. Nowadays, everyone knows you never do that. That's not allowed. Extract them and so forth. They degrade. The technology expectations in a house are evolving greatly, right? Electrification. Do you have smart alarm systems and HVAC systems and heat pumps? Right? You know, it's more than just the all tanks in the ground and lead paint. Those were the technology concerns 70 years ago, 50 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, so it's very important with your house is to make sure wait a minute, have I kept up with what's expected in the standards of a house? And even if I haven't full, I kept up, if I'm putting this property on the market, what are the expectations of a buyer? of this class of property, and even if I haven't made those upgrades, is it easy and economically feasible at the price I'm looking for to make those upgrades for a prospective buyer? That's a critical conversation, and that's important to have with your team, line up your real estate agent in advance and say, wait a minute, I'm not going to call you March 1 to put my house on the market next week for a spring market. You should call them in the summer, in the fall, six months, nine months before, and, and say, walk with me around my house and make sure, because when that property goes up, am I really having everything in order? Very important. Yeah, so the market's kind of in a, a – it, it, it's really a kind of a crazy market. I, I haven't seen a market like this. I mean, people want to buy, uh, but a lot of them can't. And the ones that can are having a hard time finding anything. Um, the Fed has been working to slow inflation. It, it's raised its benchmark on federal funds rate last week for the 10th time since the start of 22. But signals it might, it might be done raising rates for now. And we're hoping that because inflation is kind of calming down, but it's still high, 
that they won't raise the rates in June. We're waiting for June to see if they raise raise the rates again, but it doesn't look like they're doing it. But you know, Stephen, I read an interesting. I, I hope article. so. I, on that point, I guess hope so because I think I it'd be so a terrible too. idea. Yeah, but I I read this interesting article. I'm just curious about your opinion. It says high inflation is bad, but accepting it is worse. And it says Americans were obsessed with inflation. The issue dominated the midterm elections. One in five respondents called it the nation's most important problem. These days, their attention is elsewhere. Just 9% of the Gallup respondents now call inflation the most important problem. Okay? Good news, maybe not. It may mean that people are just getting used to higher inflation. What do you think? Don't get used to bad service. Don't get used to bad products. Don't get used to high inflation. Okay? That is a horror show. Dust off the history books, right? People still have books? Dust off the history books. Visit and see the news about Venezuela. Read the news stories of where people back in the days, and now maybe it's lighter because they could have a digital wallet, but people would bring, you know, in the Weimar Republic in Germany, when things went out, they'd bring a wheelbarrow of cash. Understand that if you have high inflation, you are destroying people who save money, and you encourage people to spend their money, not save. What does that mean? If you save money, you can invest. If you invest, you create growth and opportunity. If you have runaway inflation, people have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. It destabilizes a country. It destabilizes the government. High inflation is a horror show. Having it to be continuous is a huge disaster for any country. That is by far the biggest issue that should be on people's mind. If people get it, because you have, what you've done is you've changed the entire culture of saving, of studying, of building a business and investing. And the critical thing that makes America, and by the way, this is where business supports freedom and free expression is that people invest in themselves, invest in their business, they hire people, and they can plan tomorrow. When you live in a society with sustained high inflation and people just accept it, you are tossing the entire backbone of the culture and society into the garbage. Cannot accept it. That's, that's true. He said, but, you know, consumers are assuming that if prices are going up, so are their wages, and until that assumption is broken... The consumer is really not going to wages never keep up. Five percent. Yeah, Daddy, wages never up in high inflation, but we got to keep up with the commercial. Um, We'll be right back after this break. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. 
Tune in to Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand. And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. Take your investment knowledge to new heights this year on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Join us along with The Money Show on a luxury voyage to the Caribbean and learn from top financial experts like George Gilder and Mark Skelson through workshops and seminars. Relax and refresh, all while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals. Secure your spot today at EagleFinancialCruise.com. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Hi, folks. It's Arthur Idala of the Power Hour every night here on AM 970 at 6 p.m. We try to bring you a lot of fun, a lot of energy with a lot of facts, a lot of inside scoop from the courtroom and from the streets of the city of New York with our special guests and our regular co-hosts, Sambolino, Joni, Alex, and whoever happens to be walking around the office. Tune in weeknights at 6 p.m. Car payments, credit card payments, home loans. Man, that's a lot of debt for you to carry. Let us help you get caught up when you enter the $18,000 Get Caught Up Sweepstakes. The grand prize winner gets up to $10,000 in debt relief. Three first prize winners will get up to $1,000 in debt relief. And 10 second prize winners will get $500 in debt relief. That's $18,000 total. And that could be you. Go to am970theanswer.com to enter. That's am970theanswer.com. Take it from Charlie Kirk. As I read this New York Times article, so I read the New York Times so you don't have to. Salem Media Group reaches more people than they realize. It's my favorite line of the whole thing. Their hosts are big names, and they have huge reach, which makes them one of the most powerful forces in conservative media. Step into our big names to help grow your business. To find out more about it, reach out to our general sales manager, Laura Schaefer, by calling 212-857-9639. Brandon Tatum, weeknights at 8 on AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Officer Tatum here. It is critical we keep AM radio in all cars and all trucks. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for news, weather, and opinions. AM is also the backbone of emergency alert systems, keeping you advised on threatening weather conditions and amber alerts. Text AM to the number 52886. Tell Congress that we need AM radio in our cars. Again, text AM to the number 52886. Standard message and data rates may apply. I feel so stuck. The Veterans Crisis Line is here for you. Dial 988, then press 1 to call. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and as I say, Steve, time flies. I can't believe we have like ten, five, ten minutes left. So, how do you want to? I mean, there's so much to talk about. Well, well you know what? Two hours. Since since we're talking about inflation, the you know time is like you know the value of the dollar. When there's high inflation, it goes away very quickly. So you <laughs> use it before you lose it. That's what happens in high inflation. <laughs> I like that. I like that. 
But I'm just telling you, like, we have the debt ceiling. I mean, there's just immigration. I mean, I don't even want to go. I mean, that's another whole topic of what's going on with immigration I, uh, and how much that's going to cost the city. Oh, it's it's tremendous. But I figure since we're on it, let, let's hit the debt ceiling first, and then we'll we'll hit immigration. No, I mean, you know, they're still talking. Ceiling. They're talking. We'll see what happens. Um you know, but there's this is being tied into a bigger conversation, right? You know, Di, we, we've had this concept of the debt ceiling for a number of years, and I think it's a good one because at some point you got to do a status check, right? I think it's very healthy for any business, and government it has attributes of a business, right? It's not quite a business, but it has attributes of it. And sometimes you got to look back and say, what are we doing? Are we on track? Or are we off track? And Regardless of where people are in the political spectrum, we got to ask ourselves, $31 trillion. That's how much, by the way, federal debt is out there. That doesn't include state debt, local debt, or special debt like the MTA for mass transit in New York, or BART in San Francisco or other areas. That $31 trillion represents debt on the federal level. And, and Dottie, at a certain point, you know, there's a value in debt, right, in real estate. If you understand the mix of debt and equity, you will make a lot more money. So not all debt is bad. But at a certain point, if you're too leveraged, you have a problem. And, you know, Dottie, at what point do we say, how much do we keep on borrowing and borrowing? And it's going to tie back into the financial markets. We talk about inflation it's the same. It's a different side of the same coin of this uh, conversation. If we just say, "Sure, just keep on borrowing and don't worry about it," it's going to affect inflation, and it's going to affect the property markets, everyone's portfolios, and business opportunities. But I get the feeling that most people hear it. I understand what it is, but really, until it really affects them, don't don't really get that crazy about it until it actually, like, really hits them. So I think I don't, I don't hear point. anybody talking about debt ceiling. I don't hear anybody, they'll talk about immigration, they'll talk about things of that, you know, that the city's got to get cleaned up a bit, it's dirty. But the, I don't hear anyone talk about debt ceiling other than on the news. And so I think people kind of just sit back and, and, and hear it, understand it, but if it didn't affect them yet, they don't really... Pay as much so as, gonna, as they should. I'm going to make it simple. For people, if you have a kid and you say to them, look, I'm going to give you five bucks. Go grab pizza with your friends for lunch and hang out if you want to do that. Okay. Right. And let's say that works for a while. And let's say inflation is low and they say, hey, Dad, you know, prices went up from, you know, $4.50 for a slice and a soda. Now it's four seventy-five, so I'm still okay. My, your five dollars covers me, and then all of a sudden they come back and say, "Hey, Dad, it's five fifty this week. Can you give me a little more? Hey, by the way, next week six dollars. The week after it's seven dollars. And if we could say, "Hey, here's your same five dollars. Is the allowance, the salary, going to go up? It never goes up as much. You know, you feel it a little bit, and then there's a catch up. And when it catches up, it catches up brutally." And I ask everyone to think about, look at the price it costs to go out to dinner now versus before COVID. 
Forget about Look it. at the prices of things. And I'll Forget give one it. simple example, a simple staple. Turkey deli. I go to the supermarket, we'll get some turkey deli for sandwiches. For years, seven ninety nine a pound, eight ninety nine a pound, something like that. All of a sudden during COVID it creeped up a little bit, nine ninety nine, okay, fine. It is now fifteen ninety nine a pound. All of a sudden in the last year or so. And it is, there is no way that salaries are going to go up 40% to max the cost of a very basic staple. And when those things start happening, the inflation destroys working families, people trying to get out. If I have to spend more and more on food, how am I saving for the down payment for my house? And so it will affect property values because people can't afford to buy them. And then if the rates, interest rates go up to max, and this is all tied into the debt ceiling. Government is a huge portion of the economy. The economy, for, for our listeners, the way you define the economy is government spending, consumption by consumers, investment, meaning building a new factory, a road, and then the net of exports minus exports. That is the economy. If you keep on pumping G, government spending, guess what gets down? Consumer spending and investment. It will push out, it will crowd out what other people can do, and it will have ripple effects all around. So this esoteric debt ceiling conversation is critical because this will address the question of government spending and taxes and where government spending is going on, because at the end of the day, you cannot waste your money forever. If you just throw your money away as an individual, you're going to run out of money. The same yeah. thing happens but takes a lot longer if you're a country. Stephen, before the show closes, you know, before the first hour closes, I have to tell you a funny story. I have a friend that's out in California visiting his parents, and he rented a, uh electric car. And so he said to me, what a disaster. I didn't know it takes 45 minutes to... uh charge it okay he said it took 45 minutes to charge it and if you go to certain charging stations and then you really there's not enough charging stations so you really kind of have to figure out where you're going to stop otherwise your car will just run out so uh he i he said it's like it's really like uh it was a nightmare you know i'd love it for the work and I'll tell you, there's other technologies out there. It's interesting. You know who is not a big fan of electric cars? Who? The CEO of Toyota. Not a big fan. They were big, they're big in hybrids, so you have both. Well, and also, they're very much doing a lot of research on a hydrogen engine. Um, which is much more environmentally friendly. But, you know, we have to look, and it's interesting, you got to look at the whole picture, right? When you buy a pre-made hamburger at the store and you say, oh, look at how nice it's wrapped up, ready to go, that's not the whole process. And, and what I encourage everyone is to look at the whole process to build different types of engines and energy sources, um, and, and, you know, and that's critical, but also, Dottie, the housing stock. Right, right now, we have a very diversified energy grid, which is actually really good. And look, there's a price to have that diversity. But if you look in New York City, you have electric, 
you have fuel oil, you even still have steam, which is really older technology, kind of still trying to phase it out for decades, but there's still steam operations too in the city. You know, you have all these different sources. If you push everything to electric, which 100% the electric itself burns cleaner, no question. The yeah, question but you can't though, do it overnight. Can't do it overnight. How are you going to charge your car if there's not enough juice in the system? That's what I'm saying. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with electric cars, but don't push it and people buy them and then there's not enough charges. And by the way, the house was talking about prior to the break, are the, are the infrastructure for the houses with the grid, with maybe solar panels or charging walls, have they kept up to charge your car? And that's, that's a big, big question. So a lot of these issues tie back to the real estate, location of charging, how, grid delivery. There, there's so much more to it. And by the way, on top of this, we're becoming more and more of a digital society, right? Less printing on paper, more digital. That's all fine. Great. But what happens is you have these data center hubs, and they are huge consumers of electric. And you need to have proximity to them to have the right kind of speeds and access of information. So again, we're building more and more of these demand sources for energy. We gotta make sure we match the supply with it. But I'll tell you, Dottie, we're almost out of time if we want to touch on what's going on in the city. Um, I I know you're staying in a hotel because of what you're going through, um, but look at the Roosevelt Hotel right by Penn Station. That's now the, the migrant processing center for New York City. Oh, it's, it's, I have to tell you, not to mention, and it's not that I'm against immigrants, but I, first of all, am against immigrants who do it legally and are still waiting to become citizens, and then people that just do it illegally, and now they hear that they want to give them um, benefits, like, uh, you know, you know, like they want to give them benefits and, 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 and rent money and and I'm like, well, what about the people that try to do this right, who do it legally? They get nothing? I mean, you're okay. actually rewarding bad behavior. I, I just don't get it. Plus, not to mention what it's going to cost the city. It's, and it's, it's gotten dirty. I mean, they, look, the mayor even said we don't have room for them. But everyone's sending them we back. Have, it's, a, it's a huge problem. I mean, look, I agree with you the same. Immigration is a critical part of the story. Three out of four of my grandparents are immigrants. My mother's an immigrant. Right. And that, that's an absolute critical, but it has to be done in a way that's legal and also doesn't destroy society. We have 41,000 people in, in New York City alone. At what point does it say, you know what, this is a heavy burden on taxpayers? What about people who are homeless and on welfare who are, are citizens of the country? our obligations to them, and look at how it's affecting business. Look at Sullivan County for a minute, right? New York City tries to push some of the migrants, I think around maybe a 1,000 or so, to Sullivan County. They sent them back. I mean, it's amazing. Sullivan County, the population is 75,000 in December. It's about 300,000 in July. And they were going to put these migrants in hotels. Well, what about the people who had vacations planned? and the impact on the local economy. They need that summer to give them the money to support them throughout the year in the local economy. If you do that, 
you will destroy the economy in these local areas. I mean, there's so many repercussions what of what's schools? going on. What about schools? What about schools? You know, the people are going to eat. They're going to give them benefits. Okay, and, like, where are they getting the money? Actually, I, don't know. I, know I think the mayor pled for more money, but I don't think they're giving it to him. Well, this is how it all ties into where are we spending our money in the budget and interest rates and the debt ceiling. It's all tied in. But, you know, you mentioned schools. There were some cases where they're putting migrants in gyms at school. Now, they were separate buildings, not attached buildings. They were talking of putting migrants in Fort Totten in Bayside, Queens over there. They're talking as a last resort, putting them on Rikers Island. So, you know, how is that fair to also the migrants to take families who've gone through this and put them, what, down the hall from a bunch of convicted criminals? I mean, the whole, I, I think there's no strategy, and this is what, you, you send these signals. That's what I don't understand. Like, I look at government, I'm like, who are these people that are coming up with these crazy ideas? Because I'm all open for new ideas, but I don't see any continuity or planning or people working together to look at the big picture. I think, okay, here's a problem. Hey. Let's just take care of it. Let's not look at any consequences, not not look at the long-term outlook. But I can tell you right now, I see the buses coming in. I'm in the city. And they're all over this, the place. There's people all over the streets. I mean, it's and it's dirty, okay? Uh, and then I say, you know what? Again, I'm all for immigrants. What about all the people that did it legally? It took them years. And the money they spent. I mean, I I will tell you, my best friend from growing up as a naturalized U.S. citizen spent tens of thousands of dollars, missed an event at university to be sworn in. My best friend from college, his wife, is also a naturalized citizen. Again, tens of thousands of dollars. I know countless friends who are immigrants who are amazing people, productive, and the people we want in America. But they did it legally. They spent a lot of money. They waited years. Yeah. I mean, I can it's tell fine. you stories that people who have legitimately married American citizens have kids who are citizens taking a decade, 30000 in fees to do their – you know, what we need to do is have a comprehensive policy. This ties in with crime, with interest rates, with spending, yeah, with taxes. No it's all combined together. It's like really. no bill. Why not keep on robbing a place every week? There's no consequence if it's under $1,000. I mean, I just wonder – who, who thinks it's, these things up? I just wonder. Well, so maybe it's me. Only we can solve it. Yeah, no, you're right, Daddy. We can't solve it this hour, but have a great okay. second half of those interviews. And then next week is Memorial Day weekend, and we can talk about these issues and more. Have a okay. Great week. Have a great week, everybody. We'll be right back with uh, Henry Grabber, who is housing and transportation and urban policy. He wrote a great book, Paved Paradise. You're going to love him. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.